0: I took two, three steps into the chapel and I just
1: stopped.
0: Mm. And I looked at all these 20-something-year-old kids with their hands raised, the lights were low, they were singing, just crying out to God. And I can remember it now, just like I could, you know, 20 years ago. Mm. For the first time in my life, I felt the presence of the Lord. Mm. And when you go your entire life without truth. Yeah. The moment you experience it, wow. you know it. And it, mm. it was as if God came up and just wrapped his arms around me, like put a cloak around me. And he said, welcome to the family. Mm. I turned to my friend and I said, whatever they have, yeah. I want it. And I want it right now.
1: Welcome to the Ask About My Faith podcast, where our hope is to inspire everyday faith conversations. I'm Abby, and today we're sharing a conversation that I had with Austin Colby. Austin told us that he is a follower of Jesus Christ first, a husband to his wife, Jennifer second, and parent to his 10 children third, And then in his spare time, he owns and operates a wealth management practice in Nashville, Tennessee. Your faith journey matters whether you've been a believer as long as you can remember or only have known Christ for a short amount of time. With the stories that Austin shares, you might think he's been a believer all of his life, but his walk began quite a bit later in life. It's such a great story. Some of the first people that he shared with was his family. Now, I don't know much about Austin, and outside of a couple conversations, but I can tell you, he is a family first kind of guy. You're going to love his enthusiasm and his stories. Let's jump in. Austin, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad to have you on today.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. I'd love it if our listeners could get to know you a little bit and how you uh, came to faith.
0: Great. Uh, yeah, so trying to do the short version is, is always <laughs> tricky. Because of course, God does uh, amazing things through all of, all, all of our own personal faith stories. But <laughs> the, the, the short version is I grew up in middle America, uh, a nice little suburban town, good family, uh, nuclear family, everything was intact, but I never heard the name Jesus Christ, uh, <laughs> literally in America until I was 23 years old. Uh, we didn't go to church. Obviously, we didn't read the Bible. There was there was no talk about faith, and so I I literally had no idea who Jesus was, what that relationship was, at all. And then I was when I was in college, my senior year of college, I'm the youngest of three children, mm-hmm. and my oldest brother called me and said, "Hey, Austin, this is a uh, the fall semester of my final year of school," and he said, "Our parents are are getting a divorce after 30 years of marriage." Wow. And when that happened, I mean, it just it just shakes everything you believe in, mm-hmm. especially when you have no foundation in Christ. And, and so I just, I had a terrible senior year. I made tons of bad decisions. I was angry at the world. Uh, I told my brother, if my parents get divorced, if our parents get divorced, I will literally never talk to either one of them ever again. Oh, wow. I mean, that, that's just the immediate, immediate reaction, kind of the hatred and anger that I had. Mm-hmm. So I went through my senior year uh, and I had a friend who was great. Um, my junior year, we were really close. And then my senior year, I started going through this and I, I'm just a jerk. I mean, I just was, and I was not a good guy. And they went through a whole different transformation. They had gotten saved. I didn't know what that meant. They didn't tell me about it because it was brand new to them. And so they were going a whole different direction. And so my, my best friend who I was close to, we went separate directions and essentially didn't talk at all in my last year of college while I was going through all this. Mm. So I graduated college, I moved to the Twin Cities. Start working, and I try to figure out, golly, my life is miserable. On the outside, it would look really, really good. I was pretty successful, pretty quick, praise God, without the Lord. Um, and I was trying to develop these family relationships with my mom and, and find out what, what happened. Mm-hmm. To me, the marriage seemed fine. I don't understand anything. And the first time, I started to think about God. So fast forward a year after I graduate. I'm 23, and this friend, who I haven't talked to in almost two years now, reaches back out to me. Mm. And says, hey, I was just thinking about you. I know we haven't hung out in a long time. Would you like to get together and have dinner? Of course, sure. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so we have dinner. And they were going to uh, a Bible college in Minneapolis at that time, North Central University, because mm-hmm. uh, they had gotten saved and transferred transferred up there. So we had dinner. It was great. We ended up hanging out and becoming close friends like immediately. Just we kind of mm-hmm. re- restarted where we were. And I, And I told this person, my whole story about how I was just wrecked my senior year, why I was a jerk about my parents mm. and they just listened and listened for like an hour. And then they said to me, Hey Austin, have you thought about God?
1: Mm.
0: And I said, I have, like I literally, for the first mm. time in my life, I have. So I figure, Hey, if I work out and I'm in really good shape and I'm super successful financially and, and everybody likes me and then I can try to put God in on the side, yeah. they don't have happiness. You know That's the formula. Mm. And this person said, well, that's not quite how it works. (laughs) not quite how it works. And uh, all that they did, they they invited me to what's called a praise gathering at their university. Mm. They said, hey, we do this thing on Wednesday nights. It's called a praise gathering. It's just a bunch of young 20-something students in college. We gather together at 930, and we just sing, pray, and we just worship the Lord. And I'm Mm. thinking, okay, I don't know what that is. In my impression of Christian guys... (laughs) Where they were like the geeky pocket protectors. I just, I didn't know, like, I didn't know any. And so I said, okay, I'm not going to go hang out at, you know, some (laughs) little geeky Christian school. But I said, I'd do it. I told her, I told her I would do it. So I get a phone call. That was a Thursday. That night. And my friend says, Austin, you said you'd come. And tonight it's on Thursday night to the only time all semester. And you just told me you come. So you have to come down right now. (sighs) Come downtown Minneapolis right now. So I did. Drove downtown Minneapolis uh, and a young, I mean, this sounds so superficial, but my first memory is I parked on the street. They're waiting for me on the corner and this really cool looking guy Mm -hmm. who would have been one of my baseball buddies. I played college baseball, opened the door for me. And I thought, Whoa, I I didn't expect to see a guy like that here. I mean, it was so superficial, (laughs) But, but we walk in into the chapel and the doors open. It's just, you know, just big classic old chapel. And I took two, three steps into the chapel and I just stopped. Mm. And I looked at all these 20 something year old kids with their hands raised. The lights were low. They were singing, just crying out to God. And I can remember it now, just just like I could, you know, 20 years ago. Mm. For the first time in my life, I felt the presence of the Lord. And when you go your entire life without truth, the moment you experience it, you know it in an instant. Mm. It was as if God came up and just wrapped his arms around me like put a cloak around me. And he said, welcome to the family. Mm. I turned to my friend and I said, whatever they have, I want it. And I want it right now. And uh, so we prayed and that was 20 years ago. And I've not made a mistake since, uh, (laughs) since but I I had nothing for 23 years. I mean, I'm so thankful for my story Mm. because I just pursued him Mm -hmm. with a passion and I haven't stopped. Because I'm, in fact, I I look at these Christians who grew up in Christian homes, including my children, and I'm like, please treasure this. Please make me your own. I can't do it for you. Please. Yeah. My kids literally probably get sick of me saying that every other night. I'm like, you guys are going to have to make this decision on your own. Dad, we know. Okay. (laughs)
1: That's wild, though, that you haven't, you hadn't heard about God in in 20, 23 years, you said?
0: In America. In America. In in middle America. Yeah. not, not the, a rough part of town or anything. Sure. So,
1: yeah. So, so you went there at, into the chapel, you experienced yeah. God for the first time. I just, I, I was one of those Christians that grew up in a fa- in a Christian yeah. family. So I don't even know what that's like for the first time to like yeah. feel the love and the truth and the passion mm-hmm. all at one time. <sighs> I, yeah, I can imagine that that is just earth shattering.
0: Oh, It was great. Yeah. Yeah, And and God is, I call them kisses from, from, from God, where mm -hmm. I feel he's given me those little kisses where you just at at a moment when you just need that touch, something that that no one can take from you or argue away from you because I experienced it. I'm sorry I did. And it's just, they're, they're, so, I treasure them. Yeah. You know, top five life moments, I call them. We just, you get these little kisses from the Lord.
1: Right. Well, and so I'm curious too, Austin, because that was such like a, a life altering moment when you mm-hmm. left the chapel, did life look different for you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so again, from, uh, from super, super, superficial level, all the way down to like a deep, r- deep rooted level, yeah. it totally did. I mean, I was so into myself. I was so selfish. And I remember thinking honestly, one of the reasons this is so dumb to say, but one of the reasons I didn't want to go to that chapel that night was I get up at five o'clock every morning to work out, and I don't want to stay up late. Sure, like a little thing like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I was praying and crying in that chapel till two a.m. <laughs> I still got up at five a.m. and I remember thinking, I feel awesome. Like I, I've never <laughs> felt this good. Just a little, you know. It's like a God mm-hmm. again just encouraged me along the walk. Hey, this is going to be fine. Yeah. And I went to church. I, you know, I'd never gone to a church of my own volition. So I went that next Sunday and it was fantastic. That's where my friend had attended. She, uh, she was an intern there, and thankfully that first Sunday service during kind of the greeting time, I didn't know what I was doing. Right, I just sat there and and the pastor, his name is Bill Predovich. In fact, he was over at my house yesterday for lunch, <laughs> coincidentally down here in Tennessee. Um, he he like sees me in the crowd and he's one of those just people's person. He just loves everybody mm. and he sees He comes up, hey Austin, how you doing? I'm Bill Predovich. Great to meet you. Uh, You know, glad to see you. Would you like to have lunch this week? Oh wow, I've never met the guy. Right, my first Sunday ever at his church, so I had lunch with him that week. And you know, fast forward 20 years, he's still what I would call a a spiritual mentor, a spiritual father. We still hang out. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. So that connection happened that day, Mm -hmm. which definitely helped me uh, down my spiritual growth pattern. Mm -hmm. And there's uh, so many people along the way. But then the other thing that God did, because He knew how to reach me, that first Sunday, <laughs> they passed out a sign-up sheet for church softball. Okay. like All right. I am an athlete. <laughs> I do not play softball. <laughs> and I, I, I turned to my friend who brought me to church and I said, "Listen, I'm not, I'm not." She's, she said, "You have to sign up because you have to meet, you know, Christian friends. Sure. You have to get plugged yeah, in." Right. So I sign up and I go the next week and sure <laughs> enough, the, the very first week I meet. My best friend, who is still my best friend today, oh, wow. you know, 20 plus years later, mm-hmm. uh, my first Christian friend, I joke, I call him <laughs> that all the time. I'm like, Eric, you know, you're my first Christian friend. So anyway, so yeah, that, it was great. So that, that started the path. Yeah. Obviously, you learn your own, your own uh, relationship with Christ. You learn how to get into the word. You learn how yeah. to truly talk to him and hear from him. It, it's all very personalized, I believe, reading the word everybody needs to do. Mm-hmm. But that took time to get my legs underneath me, you know, and obviously— I'm not supposed to say the word idiot anymore, my wife says, uh, but I like to say, oftentimes I could hear God say, hey, just don't be an idiot. Yeah. You know, as he's teaching and training me, right? I right. mean, it's that simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, but that, that was kind of the, how I got started.
1: Okay, yeah, wow. Well, and I love just your friend kind of coming out of nowhere. Has she told you the story of, was it like a prompting from God to have that conversation yes. or where did that come from for her?
0: Yeah, it's so good. Now, I don't quite tell it perfectly from, her, from her perspective. Sure, yeah. I don't care. It's my story. <laughs> so I tell it. So basically she had gotten saved. We were in college. Mm-hmm. She had a boyfriend that I was friends with. That's how we all knew each other. Okay. So she transfers to North central university and just all, you know, just pursued the Lord. She was going to be a missionary full-time okay. missionary on the mission field. That was her, her past. She mm. believed. And just one night, a, a, kind of a series of nights, but particularly one night, I mean the Holy spirit, would not let her sleep, just was banging her in her head. Wow. You need to call Austin Colby. You need to call Austin Colby. You need. And she's like, Austin Colby. I haven't talked to him in a year. He was a jerk our last year. I don't want to talk to him ever again.
1: Mm, right. Okay.
0: But she, she was kind of obedient. I joked. She called <laughs> the boyfriend sure. who was my friend and said, Hey, why don't you call Austin? And then we, we all got together for dinner that night. Got it. Um, but then she was the one I, you know, I, I, she led me down the path to salvation. So yeah, it was a big deal because she had suite mates, like three three other gals that she lived with, and they would huddle up and pray for me. She said they oh, didn't wow. know. They wrote my name on the board. They don't know why, but <laughs> they had to pray for me. And, and and obviously, I always like to say that the best part of the story is that person is now my wife and, and the mother of my 10 children. Really? So God knew how he was going to orchestrate that whole thing wow. in, in an amazing way. So okay. God is very faithful and very good. So
1: your friend from college that... Yeah. You had dinner with, invited you to church. She prayed the salvation yeah. prayer with you. You guys ended up getting married.
0: Two years later, oh, I asked her wow. on a date. Yeah, I asked her on a date two years later. I said, "You, you're like my favorite person." <laughs> we, we talk about, we only talk about God because sure. that's that was our connection. Yep. She knew my whole history because she knew me before Jesus. Yep. And I remember one day, I mean, God wouldn't leave me alone, telling me, "She's the one. She's the one. She's the one." I said, wow. "Okay, I'll, I'll ask her." And I said, hey, I think I'm in love with you. Apologies if I just ruined our friendship, literally. Generally, I'm pretty eloquent. I was not eloquent with her when I was trying to explain this. And uh, she said, well, what do we do? And I said, we can pretend like I never said it, but that's not going to work. We can try to have a date. And she said, or we could just get married. She was joking. (laughs) But I, uh, I bought a ring two weeks later and proposed. Wow. We've been married 17 years.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. So um, after you got saved as a 23-year-old, do mm-hmm. you remember just like wanting to overflow and share with other people this thing you experienced?
0: Uh, oh, for sure. As you may have gathered from my personality here in a very short uh, <laughs> short section, uh, I'm pretty passionate about everything I do. Praise the Lord. I'm very, very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. So basically, everybody had to know. I had to tell everybody. <laughs> uh, and and because I was always... I'm the baby of three kids, okay. right? And the, out of the divorce, my mom and I really developed a close relationship okay. because I basically met with her once a week. And I said, mom, I don't understand. Yeah. Tell me everything. I, I asked her really hard questions and she was very honest. And something I look back on now, my mom's outside of my wife. She's my favorite female person on the planet. She's mm. the most amazing human being, everything she's done. But she was so honest with me while still being extremely respectful to my to my father, Oh, sure. You know, her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was challenging because yeah. my dad, to this point, still doesn't know Christ, but he will in Jesus name.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but my mom was the first one I said, hey, mom, I here's this change in my life. She probably just wanted to see if it was real because I was always pretty passionate. Sure. So she came to Christ, like really rededicated her life and, and, and it's made all the difference in our life. My brother, who is probably the closest person to me, he just saw a change because he's been my best friend since birth. Yeah. Right, He's four years older than I am. So he really, and his wife, who who I just love so much because they've been together since he was 16. So mm, I was 12. Wow. And so she knew how much of a jerk I was pre-Jesus. <laughs> I mean, she saw it all for 10 years. Sure. So what was great is how God used my salvation story to influence mm-hmm. them just mm-hmm. without me having to say a word because they, they're like, yeah, what's changed So you? are a different human being. Yeah. Uh, my sister, same thing. Her husband, they have four kids now. My brother's got three kids. So uh, while well, I don't take any credit for it. Uh, it's it's all the Lord and, yeah. and, and and really my wife and her parents who are the true spiritual heritage in, in our family. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just been cool. So I started there and then it was basically trying to, how do I infiltrate? Because I was brand new to the twin cities. So sure. basically everybody I talked to, how do I do this? And and I wasn't smooth early on, like sharing Jesus mm-hmm. either. I was kind of a zealot and I turned people off and I could tell when I did that okay. kind of beating them over the head. Uh, and so then I just started saying, Hey, I need to look as much like christ as i can i want to walk the walk Mm -hmm. i want to talk the talk Uh, and so i just and it's been obviously a process and still a process but Mm -hmm. uh, passionately pursuing the presence of the lord in my day-to-day walk yeah and i just want that to shine Mm -hmm. you know one Mm -hmm. of the things we talk about with our my family is hey when we go and i've got uh, i mean i'm not exaggerating i've got 50 of these stories but i'll give you an example when we go to a restaurant now i've got 10 children so you walk into a restaurant People look at you immediately. Yeah. They look at you, and then we a see this lot. are going,
1: yeah, <laughs> just counting. <right>?
0: they're, they're <laughs> counting our children. head. and then the I know the server, whoever we get, they're rolling their eyes, thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be a disaster." Sure, but every time, you know, I'm very, very thankful. Praise God, I have amazing kids. I know I'm biased, but they're unbelievably respectful. They're very quiet. So we go out to eat, and by the end of a meal, every time we have multiple people from the restaurant that come up to us, sure, and say, "What." What's going on with your family? Why are oh, they so respectful? Why are they the I mean, literally every time. I mean, very rarely people will pick up our tab a lot. Really, which is sweet. Yeah, because uh, they're just blown away by watching the family. And wow. every time my kids even know the, the, how to do it now, but they'll say, "How do you do it?" And I just say, "Well, through Jesus."
1: Yeah, I mean, without yeah.
0: Jesus, this this would be a disaster, and you wouldn't want to send this
1: restaurant. right, right it's
0: through Him and only through Him, and our relationship with Him. And now He's our our mm. center, and we, we center everything around him and this is just a little bit of fruit that you see from yeah him, Right. um and, and you know so again i'm not exaggerating so many times in, in restaurants that happens we get letters sent to us from patrons in the restaurant they'll they'll like find i'm, I'm not lying they'll ask hey who is that and we've had letters sent to our house
1: wow because
0: they tracked us it's it's very cool god is
1: wow so kind. yeah
0: um, coffee shops whenever i'm with my kiddos we're, we're, we're big tippers. We do that to be, a, we're blessed to be a blessing. Yep. But as I always tell the kiddos, it also opens a door every time. Mm-hmm. And so you, I always tell people, you want to see a cool reaction, go to any coffee shop, get a, get a cup of coffee for whatever it costs nowadays, yep. three bucks, two bucks, mm-hmm. and give them 20 bucks and tell them to keep the change. Yeah. They're blown away. Sure. Yeah. All right. It, it's $15, 17 bucks. And they are some the reactions we get are, are you crazy? Are you sure? Do you really, <laughs> do you mean that? And they'll say, why would you do that? My I've had people ask, well, because the Bible tells me I'm blessed to be a blessing.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. And it's, it's just channel. an
0: opportunity to tell them about Jesus. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Like my kids just love it now because like, they've seen so many fun reactions over the years.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And that's an, a really easy thing for anyone to implement too. If, you know, Hi. just in your budget, write $20 for, yeah. you know, the coffee or whatever that looks like. Do you yeah. have a favorite story, like a specific story from a restaurant or coffee shop interaction?
0: So this is one thing I thought about uh, when we, when we talked previously was this is an amalgamation of stories with just a good summary. So sure. uh, my favorite place. To, so when I lived in the twin cities, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Now mm-hmm. um, I used to eat breakfast every morning at a, the original pancake house in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my office is two miles from there every morning. I'd be there at six 30. That's when they open. So starting in 2012, so for nine years, I ate breakfast at least three days a week there. Wow! But oftentimes five days a week. They they had my booth. I mean, it was it was very funny. <laughs> I'd say there's two two people two places on this planet where I feel like a king. One is when I come home every night and my children are so excited to see me every day. It's mm. it's, it's it never gets old. They want to hug me, kiss me, tell me about their day, twirl, spin, wrestle, tackle, all that stuff. <laughs> And then the second place is the original Pancake House in Eaton Prairie. When I come in there, it's like the Red Sea parts every time. I mean, they, they treat me like a king. I'm so thankful. Oh, wow. they, and they still do, even though I'm not there. But yeah, uh, whenever I'm up there visiting, they take care of me. So it got to be the point where, you know, and yes, I, I try to be a, a generous person. And, and, and it's fun to bless all those people. And I, I still do it. But every Christmas, I leave a tip uh, for every person who works there, every cook, every line cook, oh, every wow. bus person. And they, they all know me. They all come out and greet my family over there. They're they're fantastic. I've gotten to know them all. By the way, shout out to that restaurant. They've had the same people working there for eight, nine, ten years. Wow. And that's pretty rare oh, in that it kind is. of an industry. Yeah. Yeah, so it says a lot. But I've had so many servers over the years come up to me. And ultimately, we end up ministering to them. They're crying. I'm sharing Jesus with them. I give them my number. We, we, we still hang out. We're friends. Wow. I've had many of them, one, I don't want to say her name, but went through a real tragedy. She lost a baby mm. very close to the due date. It was terrible. She calls me, you know, uh, and it wow. was just like, oh my gosh. And, and so it's an opportunity to minister. But then on the bright side, I also get the notified when they're pregnant. Yeah. We're uh, very pro family. So, um, you know, people go through tough times, marriages They're They're asking me so that they joked it and called me Pastor Austin and just put <laughs> me in the corner and they would come up and, and just ask me questions. Even from, uh, you know, they, The head cook would brought all my kids back there and showed us how to make all the pancakes. They're so nice and kind, and it really opened the door to to share the faith over and over and over and over. But maybe my favorite memory, I I would have meetings there a lot. So uh, vendors in my industry, I'm in wealth management. They, they want me to use a, an investment strategy they have. So I'm like, oh, okay, but I, I don't do dinners and I don't drink alcohol. So I'm a really cheap date. If you want to talk to me, you're welcome to join me at Original Pancake House. I'm there every morning anyway, right? But I'm not taking up my family time and I'm not taking up my work time. Mm. So these vendors would come one, two a week. And, and every time they'd sit down, I don't know who they are. I don't care. I'm, I'm friendly. They'd sit down and when the food would come, I'd say, hey, do you mind if I pray a blessing? Of course mm-hmm. they're not going to say no. Right. 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 And so every time I would just make a point, I uh, pray for the food and then I always pray and ask for a special touch from the Lord on their life today.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. That was
0: I did every single time. Yeah. So probably I did 200 of those meetings I figure, you know, over time. Wow. And then finally a gentleman. So I said to me, you know what, I'd rather you not pray. Okay. And I said, well, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Cause this is my booth.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: and, and so I prayed and I played a blessing on him. He lifts his head up, just got tears coming down. Oh, wow. And then all of a sudden I hear about, how he's just going through a divorce and he just lays it all on the table for me. Oh. And I just was quiet and just listened. He just needed someone to talk to me. Mm-hmm. All right. And this is a guy, he was a little bit vulgar uh, and I think he knew it, it turned me off. But so fast forward two years, he he randomly sends me text messages. Hey, I'm just checking in, give a minute to talk. And it's just, okay. Yeah. Happy to minister to you. And then it was really cool because right before COVID, so it must have been 2019, he sends me a note. He's like, hey, do you have a minute to talk? This is kind of a big deal. I'm like, of course. He said, "Uh, I'm getting married again. Hmm. I was like, oh, praise God. Good for you. And he said, I want to pray at the wedding. I'm like, (laughs) okay. He goes, how do I do that? How do I pray like you prayed that day where I just felt like God touched me and just melted my heart? Wow. I said, Jeff, oh my gosh. I said, this is so cool. (laughs) I said, so number one, you can't do it wrong. Yeah, okay, right, You exactly. can't do it yeah. wrong. But I just, it was just so cool. So that's just one of those little opportunities yeah. just by living your life, being who you are. Mm-hmm. And by the way, asking to pray for somebody sounds so intimidating. It's not. Everybody wants to be prayed for, everybody. Yeah, right. right. So anyway.
1: Well, and I mean, of the 200 breakfasts you had, I mean, yeah. they were trying to sell you, so they're probably not going to say oh, sure. no, but one person said no. That's really good odds.
0: Yeah, very good. You know, yeah. and, and all my, you know, my employees would join me. Sure. And I remember early on, some of them were like, Austin, I can't believe you're so bold about your faith. <sighs> I'm like, well, well, praise God. Jesus was pretty bold about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you kidding? Right. Great, right. this,
0: this is the least I could do right. praying for somebody, right?
1: hmm so. Thank you for listening to part one of our conversation with Austin. As you head into the rest of your week, we encourage you to pray about who God might want you to reconnect with just as Austin's now wife did, bringing him into the kingdom. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch part two coming next week and let us and others know what you think by leaving us a review. God bless you as you go out and share your faith.